Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'd like to start out today by thanking the listening audience for continuing to support my podcasts. Today's episode happens to be the 40th episode that I've had, and through my time period, I have noticed an increase in listenmanship, if that's a word. And I know that it's currently going out to thousands of people. In fact, I tell people from time to time that to me it's like almost like being a, a college professor. And I have a, a, a couple of thousand students that come to my lectures. And what I try to do, and I've done it from day one, is to take the most reasonable approach, the one that's common sense, not the uh, Republican view or the Democrat view, which by the way is very rare, but the one that I think is the most logical. And I try to portray those opinions to people and I'm hoping that in some small way it's spreading the word of reason. And that's what I have on my, uh, my logos and my uh, shirts and things. The voice of conservative reason. And for that, I hope I continue to be able to do this and that you all will continue to maintain to be my audience. So this week, we're experiencing a gubernatorial election down in Virginia. And it's getting national attention and one of the reasons it's doing this is, is because of the school system issue. Setting the stage, we have a, a Democrat, a former governor down there, Terry McAuliffe, which is running for office. And he is taking a very hard line with the school curriculum system in that he does not believe that parents should have any kind of input to it. And he has made it very clear that he is a social justice warrior and will not have any issues bringing in social causes to the school curriculum, i.e. critical race theory. And then you have Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate for that governor position, who has found this little crack in the dam, and his position is that parents should have the right or should have some say in any way of what's being taught in the school systems. And the interesting thing that's happening in all this is that the suburban housewives, the mothers, that's what they all kind of label as the ones that helped, in theory, put Biden into office, they're now kind of supporting this Republican candidate in this position that they should have a say in it. And in fact, they have been staging down there what they call Parents Matter rallies. And it's because of these rallies and these suburban housewife mothers people that is getting national attention. 
And this attention isn't necessarily good for the Democrats. Because if you remember, we had our attorney general getting in there and, 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 and bringing the FBI going after the Loudoun County parents to, just to make sure that these, what they labeled as domestic terrorists, we know them as concerned parents, really, uh, trying to figure out what's going on in these school systems. So it's because of this action that's going on, and it's, it's again, it's taking national attention, that I want to readdress critical race theory. And this will actually be the third time in my 40 podcasts that we've come back to this subject. And I'm coming back to it because it is, in my opinion anyway, such a dangerous thing to try to introduce that to a curriculum of young students. So as we get into a little bit more on critical race theory right now, I want to tell you that this is all information that has come from the Heritage Foundation. So you could always go to heritagefoundation.org to get as much more that you might need to get on it. Uh, you can also find references of where their information is drawn from. And I want to tell you, for those that have not gone in or heard anything about the Heritage Foundation, their mission statement, and I'm quoting here, is to formulate and promote public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and a strong national defense. To say that this would be more on the conservative side would be an understatement. But rather than say they're on a conservative side, why don't we just say that they're on a traditional American value side? And for that, I think they're a very worthy reference for whatever subject they may be going after. And so that you don't think it's just an outlier, wacko service out there. The Heritage Foundation has been consistently ranked the number one think tank in the world for the impact that they put on public policy. So they're a force to be reckoned with. But let's get into the actual nuts and bolts of this critical race theory. Now I'm going to be paraphrasing information that has come directly from the Heritage Foundation and I hope you will find it as informative and at times somewhat scary as I do. Critical race theory is a philosophy that's founded by law professors who used Marxist analysis to claim that America is systematically racist. Critical race theorists have been active in colleges and universities for years, but their impact on public policy was limited until recently. CRT has now burst outside those universities and are getting into K-12 schools, workplaces, houses of worship, state and federal governments, and even the military. And around the country, parents, educators, and employees have rejected this critical race theory, discrimination, in favor of equality under the law and opportunity regardless of skin color. Critical race theories 
assertion is that racism is not the result of individual racist actions or thoughts, but that it's systemic and structural, and that it's embedded in America's legal system, institutions, and free enterprise system, and that it imposes whiteness as the societal norm. The system, including capitalism, is rigged to reward white behavior and preserve white supremacy. Curricula and training sessions that teach that racism is systemic and structural and demand that Americans work to dismantle these laws, traditions, and norms and free market enterprises are part of the critical race theory basic premises. Now the fact is that racial discrimination is supposed to be illegal in America. In the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the government rejected racial discrimination and made it illegal in all public aspects of our lives, period. Likewise, the Civil Rights Movement affirmed that prejudice has no place in American life. There are racists in America, as in all countries. But the vast majority of Americans we work and worship with embrace equal rights and dignity of all. And there is no evidence to suggest that our social order is oppressive and dangerous. Critical race theory improperly focuses on completely overhauling our social order as a cure to any individual racism that still exists in America instead of recognizing that the individual factors and the solutions involved. But these CRT people, their theory proponents, say that American culture is a conspiracy to perpetuate white supremacy by opposing white concepts on people of other races. Therefore, they say, members of minority groups must reject these habits and ideas practiced by other cultures, even if the activities promote community cohesion and individual well-being. Some of these things are to teach the concepts such as being on time, hard work, and literacy are products of white values and that they should be rejected by the minorities. Once again, to go to the facts, to accuse American culture of being a front for white culture, as critical race theory does, is an insult to all Americans of all ethnicities and backgrounds and who have flourished in America and contributed significantly. Our American culture is based on a timeless understanding of rights that are rooted in the inherent value and nature of the human race. People of all colors and national backgrounds come here and they flourish because our culture embraces common humanity and dignity. In fact, throughout our history, black Americans have worked, sacrificed, and built institutions that have had an enormous impact on American culture. These efforts represent the American way, just as the civil rights fulfilled America's promises of freedom and opportunity to people of every race and ethnicity. But CRT talks about white privilege. 
because critical race theorists see American culture as cementing white supremacy. They say that white people are born with unearned privilege that other Americans are denied. This produces a whiteness premium that prevents working class whites from collaborating with working class blacks to change the economic system. Reflecting to its Marxist origins, critical race theory asserts that to achieve the unification of this working class, whites must recognize their white privilege and renounce it. Any curricula or diversity, equity, and inclusion program that compels students or employees to accept their white privilege and or work to abandon it are part of the critical race theory. Facts. Individual choices and decisions have a greater impact on our happiness, well-being, and success than any other factor. In fact, social science research finds that once family characteristics are accounted for, racial differences in life outcomes are significantly diminished. Children from intact families are less likely to spend time in prison or face poverty than children from non-intact families. Nearly all black millennial Americans who finish high school, get a job, and get married before they have children avoid poverty, putting middle-class students or above within reach. Growing up in an intact family is the best advantage we can give children of any race or background. The vast majority of Americans of all colors do not want to overthrow the American system because they see that it indeed allows them to flourish. But they say the system won't allow non-whites to succeed. So meritocracy is a myth. Critical race theory teaches that whites have rigged the system. So the criteria used to measure merit and success in school or the workplace are not objective, but they are designed to keep white individuals on top. Hiring metrics and workplace benchmarks such as punctuality and logical thinking need to be eliminated if non-whites are to succeed. Any curriculum or training program that says colorblindness is a myth and advocates for eliminating standard measurements of success, including standardized testing for university admissions for reasons of racial equity, again, are part of critical race theory. The fact that the path to success is well known. And it's not, I repeat, it's not based on skin color. Academic standards aren't holding our children back. Our failing public schools are. A growing body of rigorous research shows that having and taking advantage of school choice policies that let parents opt out of failing schools and choose the best education for their children lead to better academic results and higher graduation rates. School choice also improves student and family satisfaction, allowing families to choose learning environments that reflect their values and individual aspirations. Families, school board members, 
and policymakers should not allow education officials to compel teachers or students to affirm or believe critical race theory's racially discriminatory ideas. Such benchmarks and colorblind criteria for education and employment will lead to less discrimination, not more. Critical race theory contends that equity replaces equality. Equity sounds like equality, but under critical race theory, it has become its actual functional opposite. Equality means equal treatment of all Americans under the law. Critical race theories, equity, demands that race-based discrimination because systemic racism has produced disparities between the races and because the system will only deepen these disparities by rewarding the wrong criteria, government must treat individual Americans unequally, according to skin color, to forcibly produce equal outcomes. Mm -mm. Advocating equity over equality, once again, is a destructive part of critical race theory. And going back, we have a quote from Vice President Kamala Harris, which said, equitable treatment means we all end up in the same place. Great. But the fact is, equal opportunity doesn't produce equal outcomes. If two people are given the same opportunity, but only one takes advantage of it, they will naturally have different outcomes. The only way government can try to produce equal outcomes for them is by taking away the result from the first person or unfairly giving the unearned benefit to the second. Attempts by the government officials to take the fruits of your achievements and give them to those who did not earn it will hurt those whose rewards are diminished as well as the intended beneficiaries. This betrays the idea that the American dream belongs to all of us and everyone should have the same opportunity to pursue success. Now there are more than 14,000 school boards and 100,000 school board members across our country. And these people determine the shape and the content of the curriculum in their various school districts. It is these people that hold the key to how the various issues are addressed in American classrooms. I would strongly suggest that you stay abreast of what these board activities are doing. You can read the minutes. Most, most of them are posted online in your local district. Don't hesitate to go and participate in the actual live. Some of them are Zoom meetings. If you're a parent, make sure that you're involved in the Parent Teachers Association. And if you see something or you hear something that you don't like, be a whistleblower. Don't be afraid to speak up. I think we can all kind of see this direction that this regime is pushing us towards, and it's not the American way. And we do have a say in these things, and we need to stand up. And this Virginia gubernatorial election, I'm not sure how that will turn out. 
but it could be, and hopefully will be, a bell ringer for the rest of us out there. This crap that we've been experiencing here for the last 10 months has got to stop. We the parents, we the concerned parents, we're not domestic terrorists, we want our say, and we want our country the way we know it. When we say get back to normal, we don't mean go back to normal being wearing masks and social distancing and learn to settle with less and have empty shelves out there. And it, No, that is not getting back to this new normal that this regime is putting onto us. Fight for our rights, guys. America is well worth it. We're on the battlegrounds. We're not, we're not physical people like that. But I tell you what, don't try to mess with us. Don't tread on me. Is that what that flag used to say? Get on with it, people. I want to once again thank the Heritage Foundation's website and their little articles on critical race theory for helping me develop my podcast for today. I thank you once again also for my 40th episode, and I hope I can continue to be the voice of conservative reason for much more time to come. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.